0: Welcome to the Market Leaders Podcast, where you'll find valuable business development and marketing insights from legal innovators. Hello and welcome back. I'm David Ackert, and today I'm here with Lisa Simon. Lisa, great to have you with us.
1: Thanks, David. It's good to be here.
0: So tell us a little bit about yourself and your firm.
1: So I am the Chief Marketing and Business Development Officer at Lewis Rocha, Roth Rothgerber Christie the firm's about 270 lawyers who live and work in the southwest region of the US, with our primary location in Phoenix, which is where I work. And then we have other primary locations in Denver, Las Vegas, Los Angeles as well as Silicon Valley, Colorado Springs, Reno, and Tucson. We cover environmental and regulatory. We have a gaming Indian and tribal lands practice, as well as a religious institutions and First Amendment practice, which is pretty fascinating. And then in addition to some of the more traditional areas, such as business transactions, IP, and successful litigation practice, which is actually about half of the firm's lawyers. I've been in legal marketing now for about 22, 23 years, and I just joined the firm about six months ago and pretty excited to be here.
0: So talk to us a little bit about your evolution taking on this position at Lewis Roca, and the evolution of your team during your tenure so far.
1: So I came into the firm and there had been a gap in leadership for a few months. I was interested in the job is I really love developing and growing and, and building and sometimes rebuilding teams. And so it was very attractive for me to come here and do something like that. The way I tend to put teams together is I really like to have a, a pretty high functioning business development team that works with a supportive marketing and communications function and really look at that business development team to be embedded and aligned with the different practices within the firms. Really, the first thing that I like to build is the BD function because that gets people on the ground with the lawyers every day developing those relationships and helping the attorneys understand really what it is that the marketing and BD team can do for them. So we've got that fully formulated and now it's just a matter of putting the marketing communications function together. We're doing some rebuilding on that side. But I've already seen a lot of benefit. A lot of the lawyers that I talk to are just so glad to have that alignment, to have what I really consider an account team for each of the different practice areas where they have somebody that they can go to regardless of what it is that they need to begin to understand all the valuable things that the the department can do for them. Getting ready for 2018, we've got a lot on the plate that we want to do everything from CRM and rebranding to all the fun business development activity things like gamification and all of that.
0: Yeah. Well, talk to us a little bit about your plans for 2018. I know you mentioned gamification. You've got a really cool client service philosophy and initiative that you're in the process of designing and rolling out. Uh, what's on the horizon?
1: You know, like I said, we've got a lot of baseline things that we've got to get in place, a lot of infrastructure that we've had to re-engineer and rebuild. And I think we're getting there. And the firm hasn't had a CRM. So like a lot of us that come into a firm new, that's one of the things that's on the plate for 2018. So we'll be putting a CRM in place that the firm is definitely ready for, the attorneys are pretty excited about. And that isn't always the case. So you got to capitalize on that opportunity opportunity. So one of the things that I think can be really helpful for the attorneys is doing something like gamification. And I know a lot of people are doing it, but having done it before, one of there's a few, I think, intrinsic benefits that you can get from doing gamification. Obviously, there's the peer-to-peer competition, which I think drives a lot of the activity. But one of the things that we've found is that the attorneys have really appreciated the disciplined nature when they have to go about doing something like this. It's been great just anecdotally getting some of that feedback from attorneys in the past where you put some sort of a time frame together on the gamification, say it's six weeks, and it really makes the attorneys get more disciplined about their business development activities. You know, they might have to fill out a form, turn it in once a week so that they can rack up those points and look at the leaderboard and see how well they're doing. But even at the end of that time frame, we've been, you know, talking to them and they, they come back with the fact that they continue to use those forms and they continue to try and follow that discipline even after the game is over so that you can really create that habit of, of doing business development activities at certain points throughout the week or throughout the month or whatever that looks like. And the other nice thing, as you can expect, while always striving for good ROI, is being able to track some of that activity. So we've been able to look at that time frame that we conducted that gamification or that game and then go back and look at specific matters following that timeframe and theoretically tracking those new matters that are coming in. back to that time period where attorneys theoretically were a lot more active in their business development. Let's talk a little bit
0: more about the gamification initiative. You know, I know that some firms have had a lot of success with this. Others have found that there's a few that take to it and then a lot of people that just sort of roll their eyes at it. How were you able to generate some enthusiasm across the lawyer body for the concept of gamification?
1: A lot of it probably depends on culture and we'll see how it goes here because I haven't done it at this firm yet. But I really think that peer-to-peer competition just creates a lot of activity. And I also think that that quote-unquote public leaderboard where people can see on a weekly basis or a daily basis how they're doing, it creates that competition and helps drive a lot of that activity and the willingness for people to engage in something like that. Now, the truth is, out of however many attorneys that I've done it with in the past, you're honestly only going to get probably in a good day, 50% participating. And you're probably of that, you know, only going to get maybe another half to two thirds who are really, really actively doing it. But when you think about you can get that many attorneys involved in doing something on a daily basis or a weekly basis or even a bi weekly basis. You're going to generate some really good, not only good business development activity, but again, going back to that idea of a habit, they're getting in the habit of doing it. And I, I can't remember what it is, that study that says, you know, if you do something for 28 days or some period of time, it becomes a habit. I think it's just a great way of, again, creating that discipline in the lawyers of understanding that this isn't just something that you do when you look at your your timesheet at the end of the week and think, oh, God, I got to get out there and get new work. This is something you've got to do all the time. So I think it's just a great way to get that mindset in the attorney's head.
0: That's a great point. When you talk about peer-to-peer competition, are you pitting the lawyers against themselves or are you pitting groups against each other?
1: That's interesting. I've only done it with the lawyers Hitting against each other. So that peer-to-peer competition, lawyer to lawyer, or even breaking it out. The last time we did this, every week we had little mini contests so that the associates who theoretically might not get as many good activities or as many points, we tried to create you know little mini contests for the associates. So whoever the highest ranking associate was that week would get a prize. We haven't done it by practice group. I haven't done it by practice group yet, but that's actually something that we're looking at to do here.
0: When they compete against each other, it's a sort of like a March Madness construct where the winner of one competition now goes head to head against the winner of another competition. And ultimately there's sort of one that rules them all or uh, haven't is it
1: done that, but I like the idea. haven't done that, but that's, that's actually, that that could be a really cool idea. I like that.
0: Well, I'll, I'll warn you. We tried that model. Uh, we called it pipeline madness. We tied it to our practice pipeline platform. And one of the benefits to that model is that they already understand how the framework works. So you have that buy-in. But what we noticed is that the lawyers who got left behind found themselves growing in population as the exercise wore on. And so everyone who basically didn't get to the playoffs had a lot of downtime on the game. So that construct is not always a a surefire success, just a word to the wise.
1: All right, got it.
0: And how do you handle the prizing? Do you have like a a prize board? Do you have, are are they just sort of, you know, token prizes and it's really the bragging rights or is there something substantial? Yeah, it's the bragging
1: rights. I mean, we've done prizes, but I, I, I really don't think they even care so much about that. I mean, the last one that we did, the first prize was actually extra money in their individual business development account for the following year. That's not, I mean, it's a prize, but it's really not a prize. That's you know, really one, of the, a one of the prizes, right? One of the other prizes was actually a paid, quote unquote, trip to another office. And fortunately, we had offices where you'd actually want a vacation. So so we had a, a paid trip to another office. But part of the deal was you had to go into that office, spend the day there. And then, you know, there were other things that came with that. Oh, and then the, the other thing was like an Apple so Watch. are so self-serving. It's right? like the wins with every turn. Right. <laughs> None of this, of course, was my idea. This was all my business development team that came up with these prizes. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that still goes back to, in the end, we're still focused on business development. So yeah, you're going to get a prize, but it's going to tie back to generating revenue for the firm. That's
0: really smart and reinforces what you said earlier about having a business development mindset at the firm and that, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats, as they say. Yep. Very cool. One last question on this. My experience of gamification is that it does create a lot of administrative work for you and your team. Did you find that to be the case at your prior firm?
1: Well, you'd have to ask the business development team because they did a lot of the tallying of the points. And so, yeah, they're There was some extra work, but, you know, we were fortunate that there's a lot of online forms that you can use, a lot of tracking systems that you can use that does some of that automatically. So it wasn't, I don't think, significant. And again, I think the benefits certainly outweighed the, the work that went into it because it was just a matter of tallying it once a week. Now, I think if you tallied it every day and you put a leaderboard up every day, there's probably some extra work that would have to go in. But I think once a week, probably tolerable.
0: Yeah, that's manageable. And given that you've got as many as 50% of your lawyers engaged in business development as a result, it's certainly there's ROI right there on the soft cost.
1: Yep, definitely.
0: So that's what you did at your last firm and you're thinking of doing it again this coming year at Lewis Roca. How would you tweak it given the culture of this new firm?
1: a great question. I'm going to be really curious to see what the participation rate is. And I also think it's going to be important to do a little bit of practice competition. I think this is the kind of firm that would welcome that practice to practice group kind of competition as opposed to lawyer to lawyer. So we're looking at doing a little bit that way. I suppose we might do some sort of an office competition. I think that would be interesting. I think one of the things we may talk about it here is this idea of really trying to create a client-facing mindset. Perhaps you could divide it up into client teams or industry teams where you're not so much thinking about me, lawyer, or even me within my practice, but really trying to turn that Focused outward toward the client. I think it could be cool to try and come up with a group of clients and the lawyers that work on those clients or perhaps some sort of an industry pairing where that just forces them to talk to each other and perhaps some really good cross-selling or even some good client conversations could come out of that.
0: I know that client conversations and client interactions are also a part of the thinking and the framework that you plan to roll out in the new year. Now, you talked about CS3 at uh, your former firm. How might mm-hmm. that translate at Lewis Roca?
1: One of the nice things about it, so CS3 or Client Share 3 is just a really simple way to think about growing clients. So the idea behind CS3 is there's really three C things, which is client, contact, and cross-selling. If you're focused on those three things and three within each, you're going to create a sticky client. So the idea is if you have three contacts within a client, so you're working with at least three people within that client, that client has at least three contacts into your firm And that doesn't necessarily have to be lawyers. They could be working with one lawyer. They have constant conversations with the paralegal or the secretary and then one other person within your firm. So they're a little bit more cemented there. And you're working on at least three different practices with that client. The idea is you've created a sticky client. And obviously, sticky clients are going to hang out with you for a while. They're going to keep that revenue stream strong. And hopefully, you're going to be able to even grow revenue from that existing client. So, it's one of those things that, again, if you can get that idea in the mindset of the lawyers, they start to think about the client. They're thinking about putting themselves in the shoes of the client and what that client needs. And I've just found that, again, keeping it simple and this idea of c three, I would get lawyers that would just kind of stop me in the hall or swing by and say, i'm I'm working on that three thing i've 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 introduced somebody else to the client, and they it's just an easy thing for them to remember. and it's kind of like gamification. If you can just get them to do the simple things, get disciplined about it, I really think it can have an impact on revenue.
0: Do you attribute points to each of the C's when you overlap gamification onto this C3 program?
1: No, but I might steal that idea. I like it. Yep.
0: So if it's C3s, you get points for however many clients you're talking to, how many, however many contacts within the clients, up to three. And then, of course, the cross-selling, each of these are targets in the game. I like it. This has really been a great conversation, and I appreciate your thoughts on gamification. I'm curious to know where you go for these cool ideas that you bring to your firm. Where are you finding innovation, inspiration, intelligence as an executive who's trying new things at the various firms where you're working?
1: You know, I'm fortunate, obviously, having been in this industry for a while, I still rely on a lot of my LMA colleagues for inspiration. And there's lots of ways that we can stay in touch through email or different online boards. And and there's certainly plenty of, of small roundtables out there where we can get together. And I, I do look at a lot of my peers for that inspiration because in the end, a lot of what we're doing is not rocket science. We're just trying to figure out simple things that we can apply within the cultures of our firm. One of the things that I have I have been spending a lot of time on lately is client experience and a lot of these CX conferences that are out there. I've been reading a lot about it. I was fortunate enough that I got to attend one recently in New York where Forrester came and spoke about the things that they're doing on B2B and, and CX. And I've really been focused a lot on, on client experience and trying to figure that out and how to bring something that, that I think a lot of companies have been able to do well and how to bring that into something. Something as disjointed and sometimes dysfunctional as a law firm and trying to create consistency in that client experience. So I think if, again, you keep your eye on the ball and you're staying focused on something like that, it, it can be really valuable. And it can be valuable internally, too. A lot of the things that we're looking at on client experience can obviously be applied with what we're providing our clients on experience, but even within our department and our marketing department, it's a good way for our team to think about the ways that we are providing that good experience for our attorneys. It's really been fun and it's, it's where I like to spend my time right now.
0: Well, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking six months from now and you're telling a story about how you've been able to tie client experience to gamification. So I look forward to hearing how things continue to evolve for you in your new role at Lewis Roca. And I really appreciate you sharing some thoughts with us today.
1: You bet. Thanks, David. This was fun. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Market Leaders Podcast. For more business development resources, visit ackertinc.com.